Welcome to Unity of Tucson. There's a lot that happens in December, isn't there? Yeah. And I never really know. You know, we get to December, and in, in spiritual centers, um, ooh, sorry. In spiritual centers, it almost feels a little daunting. You know, what, like, what are we going to focus on on any given week? Because um, this week, there's World AIDS Day. It's the second Sunday of Advent. Uh, we're starting the celebration of the power of life as our theme this month. Um, and, you know, we're, it's just it's all unfolding. It feels out of control. It's just go, 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 right? And so I got my COVID booster on Friday morning, and it was a reminder to me that I have to stop and slow down once in a while because I had quite the reaction to it. And it said, stop, stop. I said, okay, I'm listening. I got it. I got it. Find that space in your heart that is peace. Find that space in your heart that is peace. And so today, we begin the December celebration of life, which is our theme, the power of life. And the second Sunday of Advent is a day where we honor the notion and the idea of peace. Last week, on the first Sunday of Advent, we talked about faith and hope, and this week we talk about peace. And I'm going to get there. But I wanted to start with a quote. And you'll, you'll understand what that look was all about. The quote is this. We can't solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Albert Einstein. Or Albert Einstein? The reason that I... Because this is how this quote is usually attributed. It's a, this, this is the language that is used. We can't solve the problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Albert Einstein. That's not actually what he said. It's not what he said. And there's a subtle difference in the way that he actually phrased it that I think is illuminating for us. What he actually said was this. A new type of thinking is essential if mankind is to survive and move toward higher levels. The, we could look at that and say, oh, well, the, const, the concept, the construct is the same. But this one, we can't solve problems, has a very negative connotation. This is saying we are required to step into the evolution of our own thought if we are ever going to move towards a higher level of awareness. So this quote was part of an article that was published in 1946, and it's about it was uh, related to man's destructive use of atomic energy. How man discovered the potential for atomic energy to be used as a weapon. And then some years after that, well actually no, it was right after it was right before that that you know atomic energy was used in a very destructive way. I'm frequently asked the question in times of challenge, anyone having, no, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> but if you are experiencing a time of challenge in your life right now, um, just see if this is a question that perhaps comes up sometimes. 
The question is this, and, and, the, and the reason that I hesitated is because I looked at it and I thought, well, that's the question I asked you all to ask, that I asked you all to work with this week um, when I gave you the homework last week. The question is, what can I do? But it's not, what can I do? Oftentimes, we approach it with a defeatist attitude of, what can I do? What can I do? All of this stuff is going on around me. What can I do? As if to say, there is absolutely nothing I can do. And here's the thing. I'm here to tell you, there's always something to be done. It requires a new type of thinking. A new type of thinking is essential if we are to survive and move beyond where we are. There is one major thing that you can do, I believe. I believe that you can be a leader in new thought. And I'm not saying... That means you need to become a minister or you need to become a prayer chaplain or you need to step into... No, no, no. You can be a leader in new thought by not allowing that which has been to have any power in your mind in this now moment. That's being a leader in new thought. That is demonstrating the principle of new thought, that our thoughts create our experience, our beliefs create our experience, our feeling wrapped around our thoughts and beliefs are creating the tone of our experience. And we can be the way showers. You know, we often talk about the way showers, and there are many. Buddha, well, I, I always give a list, right? There's Buddha, there's Moses, there's Muhammad, there's Jesus, there's da 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 da, there's Oprah. <laughs> there's Lady Gaga. There are way showers in this world who are stepping up and saying, here's what it is to be free, to live in a way that is self-reliant, to live in a way that is not like everybody else, and to affirm the magnificence that you are. But many of us are very happy to just live our very humdrum little lives. To be a leader in new thought means you must step up into the truth of your being to such a degree that it cannot be ever, it cannot ever be diminished by anyone else, for no one else can diminish your light unless you allow that light to be extinguished. So a new type of thinking is required to step into this, to be a leader in new thought, to say, I am in charge of everything I experience, everything in my life is my responsibility. And notice that I put a little break in there because I'm not saying that you are to blame for all the stuff. I'm saying you have the capacity to respond ably. That's what responsibility is. You have a responsibility. We are in a constant state of engaging in new thinking. We're doing it whether we realize it or not. All the time, we're thinking thoughts. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone here? I was going to say anyone else who is not thinking thoughts. Boy, that says a lot about me, doesn't it? Is there anyone here who is not thinking? Well, that's good. <laughs> we are constantly thinking, right? And so part of our responsibility is to say, what is it that I'm thinking? How am I moving forward in this thinking process? And is it in service to the life I would like to leave? If we continuously take our present moment and let our thoughts be rooted solidly in the past... No matter how much those thoughts may have been forward thinking at one time, by the way, we will be recreating what has been. If we let our thoughts be rooted in the past, 
we will consistently recreate what has been. So this, this begs the question today in my mind, what is it that I am expecting and is that expectation rooted to an idea from the past? What am I living in expectation of? Am I arming myself for war in some manner? Because if that's so, what can I expect? I've created a construct in my mind that I must be prepared for war. So what does that create in my experience? All the circumstances that align for war. And then I will be combative, right? If we keep our conversations, if we keep our thoughts, if we keep our beliefs rooted in how hard life is, anyone have that affliction? You don't have to answer the question. But when we keep our thoughts rooted in how hard life is, what can we expect a hard life? So for those of you who don't know, <laughs> which is none of you, um, I come from a musical theater background. And so the minute I said hard life, I thought of Annie. <laughs> okay, that, I'm just going to let that go. Uh, <clears throat> any limitation we face, any limitation we face is the invention of ignorance. Any, I want you to really hear that. Any limitation we face is the invention of ignorance. I want you to consider how that feels for you right now. Because a lot of people can, no, not me. I'm not ignorant. Well, there are places where we have blind spots. That's all I'm talking about. I'm not going to give it weight in one way or the other to say it's a bad thing. We have ignorance. I have ignorance. And any limitation I face in my life is an opportunity for me to say, in what way am I experiencing my own ignorance and putting a tight, neat, tightly knit like limitation on my life? It's an opportunity to open up. How do, we, how do we relieve ourselves of this ignorance? How do we know in what way we are ignorant? We open to the infinite. We open to the infinite. We forget, we decide to forget that we know. And we know, and we know that we know. Get it? We decide to forget that we know. And we know. And we know that we know. By allowing ourselves to be immersed in that shining light of love that is God. We are immersed in a collective consciousness. Every single one of us, we cannot escape it. And that collective consciousness has effect on our experience of life as well, to the degree that we allow it. Being immersed is not the same as being subject to it. We are only subject to it to the degree that we accept that collective, those collective ideas to be our ideas. That's the only way that we become subject to the collective consciousness. And it is not uncommon. It, it is really not uncommon. I see it all the time. Just turn on the television. It is not uncommon for us to live in subconscious acceptance of the collective and never question anything. One of the great joys that I found in this path of new thought as a spiritual path and, as a, and, and, and engaging a spiritual practice is that it is an invitation for us to question everything. 
Even the things we teach, we have five principles we teach in this philosophy, predominantly. God is, I am, thoughts and, uh, thoughts and beliefs create our experience. We use meditation and prayer to address those thoughts and beliefs to create our experience, and we choose to live from this point of view. Those are the five principles we teach, and I'm going to say today, question all of them. Are they true? Are they true for you? To what degree do you believe that they are not true for you, and in what way is that or is that not serving you? Part of what we're doing here is to create a collective consciousness that is affirmative and supportive of the whole. So we don't have to work so darn hard at trying to create our magnificent lives. Because a lot of people come in and I'm like, ah, I get to create my life, and I get to create it in the way that I want it, and all that is good will be mine and is mine, and I choose to know that now, and gosh, I'm exhausted trying to make this stuff work. <laughs> Whew! So we're here to create a new collective idea and allow that idea to become rooted in our hearts. And it's up to each and every one of us to be on the high watch as we accept something new. What is created always, what we create in our experience is always created in balance with our belief. Consciousness times belief equals experience. Oh, I've got another formula for you. People in my classes are like, oh my gosh, another formula? Yes, consciousness times belief equals experience. If the belief is the unknown variable, and for many of us it is, then the consciousness doesn't matter so much. And here's how I will explain this to you. All right, so consciousness, let's give that the value of a thousand. Consciousness is a thousand. It's what we are aware of. We are aware of a thousand, right? And the subconscious, the belief, is the variable. So if my consciousness is a thousand and the variable is 0.01, then my experience is a 10. Because consciousness, conscious, I'm trying to remember which is your left. Consciousness <laughs> times your belief equals your experience. Now, if you have a thousand in consciousness and your belief is 100, then your experience is 100,000. Get it? So that's where the, the variable is always in the belief. And as we address the belief, as we allow ourselves to become aware of those beliefs that are below the level of awareness, as we bring them up to the surface, then we get to do something about them. Because I guarantee you, well, maybe not all of you, but for me, what I have found, I will guarantee for myself that I still have destructive beliefs that I am consistently bringing to the level of awareness. How about you? You don't have to answer that. It doesn't matter what the conscious thought is. If it is not met in the subconscious belief system in a way that is affirming and supportive and whole and grand, then what you will get is a limitation in the experience of life. That belief, which we can oftentimes identify by that little voice in the back of our head. Anyone listen to that little voice? Do you really listen to it? That voice is the inner saboteur for many of us. So that's the variable. That's the variable in our mind, that inner saboteur that says, oh no, you are not. You are not magnificent. Who do you think you are to get up and exclaim your magnificence? 
Because when we state out loud at the beginning of the service, I am magnificent, the thing to check in with is, what is that voice saying? Is it a saboteur? Or is it in alignment and support with what it is you are stating out loud? Does it tend toward lack or powerlessness or conflict? Is that what the voice in the back of your mind is saying? Because if that is so, then what your experience becomes is rooted in lack and powerlessness and conflict. Your experience shows up in exact accordance with the limitations of your subconscious. Oh, but if it's my subconscious, I don't know what it is. So what is to be done? You do the work to make the subconscious conscious and decide something new. We must accept a new subconscious idea. So when I said before, you may hear something that you don't believe. You may hear a lot of things that you don't believe. It is not an invitation to say, I'm wrong, or you're right, or you're wrong and I'm right. It is an invitation to say, hmm, that doesn't really align with my belief. Is my belief working for me? Because now that I have an awareness of what's going on, maybe there's something that can be done about it. My original path in New Thought was through Science of Mind, the religious science branch, and Ernest Holmes founded that. He had this to offer. One of, the greatest one of the great difficulties in the new order of thought is that we are likely to indulge in too much theory and too little practice. One of my favorite quotes. Because it's really easy to come in and hear all the words and intellectualize it. But are you truly going out and embodying the practice? And I'm not here to say, I'm not here to berate you if you're not, but you better be. <laughs> no, I'm just... I think it's really important to start to understand, are we living based on theory? These are really nice ideas. Or are we practicing these ideas? Are we practicing the presence? Are we practicing the principle? So today I'm calling on each and every one of us to answer this question. What is my contribution? Rhetorical. I'm not asking you to answer it right now. Saying, let this be at the forefront of your thinking. What is my contribution to the good of the whole? How will I serve in support of the good of the whole? Because I guarantee you, if you serve in support of the good of the whole, you know who benefits from that? You do. We do. Be willing to see if there's anything in your life that contradicts any idea that comes up when you answer that question. What is holding you back? How do you overcome that basic law of attraction that's saying, oh my gosh, no, it's not really. And so oh, I'm going to go and live my little life again. How do, you, how, do you, how do you overcome that? If you attract negative people and you align in their negativity, what do you think your life will be like? We attract that which we are like in mind. That's why I also say at the beginning of every service, we know the truth about you being magnificent because you are a reflection of that which is us. And we recognize our own magnificence. We will always attract into our sphere that which we are. That's the way the law of attraction works. We attract that which we are like in mind. We attract the positive by being positive and believing it believing it, not just giving it a nice gloss over, sometimes referred to as spiritual bypass, but believing 
faithfully in the positive, in the constructive, in the forward-moving, in the evolutionary, because that is God's nature, and you are that power and presence that is God. And so all those things that God is are what you are. If you do not personally support an individual's sense of negativity, one of two things will happen. Anyone have negative people in their lives? If you do not support that person's sense of negativity, one of two things will happen. That person will move on to someone else who will support it. Or that person will shift their own thinking. There is no in-between as far as I'm concerned. Because that negative thinking cannot maintain itself in the face of you and your love and your positivity and your light. This is how we change the world, by deciding to be a contribution. We actively maintain in our own mind the consciousness of faith, the consciousness of peace, the consciousness of love, the consciousness of joy. These are the themes for each of the four Sundays of Advent, faith, peace, love, joy. And there's so much more. We just happen to be talking about those right now. The divine principle acts in accordance with our thought. It is the infinite yes man. That's what the divine principle is. It is always saying yes to whatever it is you impart upon it. So are you choosing today to impart the good, to impart the love, to impart the faith, to impart the peace, to impart the joy, to be the light? The principle is ready to comply because it is infinite and it cannot not comply. I know I used a double negative there. It must always comply because that's its nature. There is no question of willingness of the, of the servant, which is the infinite. It is the servant to our thought and our belief. There is no question of its willingness, only our own receptivity to the good. So part of this also is saying, as I choose to be the light, then I must also accept and be receptive to the light. And therefore, it all shines brighter. When we believe affirmatively in peace, it responds in kind with peace, which is why this candle is so important to me. Every week when I introduce the candle, I say we keep it consistently illuminated to represent the consistent illumination of peace in our own hearts. And then I got questioned in class this week, someone who came up and said, you know, the candle isn't always lit. I said, I endeavor to ensure that it's always lit. Let's just start there. Sometimes the battery goes out. <laughs> And then we replace the battery, which is a great spiritual lesson too. We can always replace the battery of our lives, right? So you can always reignite the light. I'm working on getting a plug-in so that it actually never goes out. <laughs> but when we believe affirmatively in peace, it responds. The infinite responds in kind with peace. So who do you choose to be today? The call I offer to each and every one of us today on the second Sunday of Advent is to believe affirmatively in peace, to be the peace, to demonstrate peace in every thought, every interaction, and every word spoken. Let that be our contribution to this thing called life in this world. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. And so there's a bit of allusion to the homework already, yes. When you interact with others this week, this is the homework. And if you are new to our community, I 
offer homework every week because part of my desire is to make this a practical practical experience that you get to take out into the world and actually put to use. So the homework this week is this. When you interact with others, especially during the month of December when you're interacting with retail and service workers, commit to be the peace you wish to experience. Bless others in every moment, even when and especially if they don't seem to deserve it. Be the peace, be the light. Be the peaceful presence of divine light in someone's day every single day this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.